welcome back to another episode of Shifting Schools. Have you ever wondered how schools are addressing the growing mental health needs of our youth? Today, we're diving into this critical topic with our guest, Dr. Tony Walker from the Jed Foundation. Dr. Walker is a distinguished member of Jed's executive team, bringing a wealth of experience in public education and mental health. With a background as a teacher, school counselor, and executive district leader, he has dedicated his career to fostering positive mental health outcomes in pre-K-12 and higher education systems. His insight into school-based mental health program development and crisis response are invaluable for today's educational landscape. In today's episode, we explore the current state of mental health in schools and the challenges educators face, innovative strategies and programs from the Jed Foundation that are making a difference, and practical advice for school leaders on integrating mental health resources effectively. Before we jump into today's conversation with Dr. Walker, I want to take a second to talk about our episode sponsor, Money Pickle. Educators, we know how challenging it can be to balance teaching with financial wellness. Money Pickle is here to help. Their team of trusted advisors offer complimentary, personalized financial assistance, ensuring you make informed decisions about your money. Whether it's navigating a financial plan, buying a home, or saving for a rainy day, Money Pickle is your go-to resource for all things finance. Head to moneypickle.com slash shifting schools today to sign up for a complimentary, no obligation video call with a financial advisor. That's moneypickle.com slash shifting schools. There is no time like the present to get your finances in order. Again, that's moneypickle.com slash shifting schools. We thank them for their sponsorship of this podcast and educators at large. And with that, here is Dr. Tony Walker as we discuss supporting the mental health of our students. All right. Welcome back to the Shifting Schools podcast. I'm excited to be joined by Dr. Tony Walker today uh, from the Jed Foundation. Uh, Tony, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Jeff. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're going to jump in today uh, as part of our mental health mini series. And again, we've already talked with one of your colleagues, Laura, uh, with some of the work that she's doing around media literacy and stuff. So uh, we're excited to talk to you today as uh, one of the people on the executive team over at the Jed Foundation. Let's get started a little bit uh, about just some of the research of leadership that you do. And what would you say are some of the most important mental health issues we need to be aware of in K-12 education today? Yeah, well, you know, um, you know, of course, my, my background is is working in education my entire career. You know, as as a teacher, a school counselor, working my way up through administration. So I, I feel like I should just start by saying that this topic is like very near and dear to me personally, like beyond just the Jed Foundation, mm-hmm. right? It's it's my entire career. It's also my friends uh, and and family who are still out working in the field. Um, so you know, I, I think it's. I think it's a complex question, Jeff, and and I think I would start just with some of like the data points that really you know keep me up at night um, in my role. So you know, one of the first things that I think of is you know be, even before COVID nineteen, which of course we know like exacerbated all of the you know right. the, the mental health stats. Mental health was already a crisis, right? Uh, if we were to look at like the the decade leading up to COVID nineteen. 20% of our children uh, in our nation today were experiencing some sort of mental health related illness. Um, and not only that, 
But, you know, a real problem is that out of that 20%, the average age of them then going in to actually receive treatment for that mental health disorder is between eight to 10 years post symptoms beginning. Uh, so, so we were already in a crisis state. Um, of course, COVID-19 exacerbated that. And so, you know, if you were to ask principals across the country, you know, 70% of them in one study that came out in 2021 said that they did not feel that they had sufficient school-based resources to meet the mental health needs that they were seeing in their schools every day, right? And those numbers have stayed pretty much about the same ever since. Similarly, like 50% of parents, if you were to ask them, said that they have noticed a new or worsening mental health condition since COVID-19, uh, right? And so like, it's just, it's just a huge epidemic that our nation needs to, to face. The issue in education is that our systems just aren't really designed to meet those needs. And historically, school districts and schools just haven't invested sufficiently in building up the infrastructure of what it really takes to meet the needs of the, the students who are walking in their doors every day. So I'd be happy to tell you more about how JED works to support those schools uh, and, and helps leaders across the spectrum of education to, to think about this work, but, you know, but that's what we're seeing across the board. Yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting, you know, my wife is a school counselor as well. And just the history of the history of school counselors that we have now, and to your point of the system was never built to be a mental health system, right? Like the whole idea of school counselors came after Russia uh, launched Sputnik and we decided we needed school counselors specifically in the high school to help identify kids in the space race. And this idea of mental health was never <laughs> part of the process. And still today, and I, I don't have any statistics, but maybe you do as part of the Jed Foundation, of just how few middle school and elementaries have school counselors to help and support kids around mental health. And even at the high school level, a lot of our, a lot of, I think what we're still seeing, right, is counselors are this idea of supporting kids in college career readiness more than a mental health situation. Is, is that what you kind of see across, yeah. across the yeah, nation? Yeah, well, I'm still? impressed that you know the history of the field that way. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, the, the origin story of school counseling was primarily grounded in, in career and technical skills, right? And, and planning yeah. uh, around career. And so, yeah, so this notion of the field really shifting towards mental health is something really that has only really started to happen in like the past 20 years or so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, which is, which is unfortunate given that like, I mean, this is like a recent stat, right? 42%, almost half of high school students reported feelings of sadness or hopelessness in the past year alone, right? So it's like yeah. the, the infrastructure is not designed to meet the current needs of students walking, walking through the halls. And while I don't have stats right in front of me around uh, the current workforce of school counseling, what I, what I can tell you just, you know, from my own experience in the field is that it varies wildly across the country, right? Uh, while, yeah. while you have organizations like um, the American School Counselors Association, for example, that has recommendations around counselors to student ratios, uh, you know, it is very rare that you see those ratios actually play out as recommended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, and, then, and then also just like, you know, the variance of resources across the country. So in small yeah. rural uh, districts, you know, you might not have anybody. You, you might be lucky if you have a principal who is also 
wearing the hat of school counselor who's also wearing the hat of, you know, the custodian. I mean, it just sort of depends, you know, whereas in a large urban district, you you might have a larger budget and a larger infrastructure, you know, where they have started to build yeah. out some. I love that. Well, well, let's talk about that then, because I think this is one of the places where the Jed Foundation has resources that can support school districts like that. Do you want to talk a little bit about some of the resources that are available to schools? Yeah, I would love to. Uh, and what that might look like through Jed? Yeah, I would love to. So, you know, so basically, you know, our team of experts are based across the country. They all have pretty similar backgrounds to mine in terms of really being experts in the school mental health space. So many of them have been counselors, administrators, that sort of thing, um, over school mental health programs um, their entire sure. careers. And what we do is, is we come in and we basically try to fill the role of helping education leaders figure out how. How do you build uh, these types of programs and services that will meet the mental health needs of the students in your buildings, right? And the way that we know uh, the best way to do that uh, is what we consider like a comprehensive school mental health and suicide prevention program. Uh, special because, you know, when I was in the administrator chair myself, if, if I'm being really honest, uh, I, I often felt like a lot of times I was kind of making it up as I was going along, right? Like <laughs> leveraging yeah. my clinical training, trying my very best uh, to figure out that, you know, the, the latest and greatest new practices that I should be implementing. But like the life of an administrator, man, it's like hard when you're running yeah. from one fire to the next, to a crisis, to a personnel situation, to a you know, parent yeah. meeting over here. Like no administrator really has time to go read a 300 page dissertation on like the new, <laughs> the new, you know, best mental health practice. Right. Yeah. So that's what the Jed Foundation does. So we have done that work for leaders. We have compiled the research across the entire mental health field and boiled it down into one evidence-based comprehensive approach that includes seven different domains, which I like to think of as like the recipe for what mm. a great school mental health program should include. Uh, and so then in our programming, our specialists go out into the world and we help education leaders to build that type of program in a really strategic and methodical way. So that includes the very first thing that we're going to do is we're going to gather a lot of data about what faculty and staff have to say about their students' needs. We survey students themselves to make sure that we're capturing their voice. And then we also help the school to assemble a steering committee that's going to like drive this work forward because we know it's gonna take some time. Like you cannot just right. build this type of infrastructure overnight. It takes a couple of years usually. So we'll assemble that steering committee. We gather this data. We then generate uh, what we call a comprehensive feedback report, which is like a lay of mm -hmm. the land of a snapshot of that school or that district that outlines yeah, yeah. all of the needs that they have. And we map that against our comprehensive approach with the idea of it helps us to really identify like where is this school or district doing a really great job already? And like they deserve validation for that, but also where are there opportunities for them to continue to build new programs and services and initiatives to meet the needs that they actually have, uh, you know, from their students. And then we provide years of boots on the ground, technical assistance with our experts as we help them to build those things. So we, we sort of compile it in a strategic plan and then we help them to implement that plan over the course of, of multiple years. So in the high school setting, that program is three years long where the first year is focused mm. on all the information gathering and strategic planning. And then it's two years of technical assistance. Uh, and then on our district program, which is brand new, and that's actually in partnership with the American Superintendents Association, uh, that program is two years uh, because we know that things sometimes move a little bit faster or need to move faster sure, at sure. the district level. 
Sure. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the, what the cost is for a school district? Is it based off of uh, a student body population? Is it based off the size of a district? What's the cost uh, of getting uh, bringing in Jed Foundation to do some of this work? Yeah, it, it's a great question. So, you know, of course, the Jed Foundation, we're a nonprofit organization. We're a charity. Uh, and so, yeah. you know, so in some cases, we we do have fees for our services, right? We essentially have these expert consultants that are providing like multiple years of boots on the ground service. Right. Um, so there is a fee structure that we have in place. But Honestly, Jeff, most of the time uh, with our philanthropic partners or philanthropic partners of a school or districts, uh, you know, we're often able to really leverage like unique partnerships to, to provide these services and programs for free or very, very low cost. So it sort of just depends on the on the particular situation um, at the time. But if any if yeah. anyone who's listening is interested to learn more about like you know what what it would take to bring Jed to their school or district, uh, they can go to our website jedfoundation.org, and there are unique landing pages for each of our programs that include all the information about our cost structure, but also like opportunities for scholarships and that sort of thing. Well, and that's why I, I really wanted to, to bring that up here because I know there are going to be, you know, school leaders who are saying this sounds amazing, but we don't have the budget for yeah. it. And to your point, I think there's even a lot of local organizations that can help support this kind of work inside of school districts. You know, I mean, even just even from your local hospital has grants, your local um, healthcare agencies have right. grants. I think there's just a lot of ways uh, and partnering with somebody like Jed who knows that and understands that can also support you and your school district, making sure that we get to get the, the essential funding yeah, that we we'll need. Help you. And, uh, and, and I think it's important just, you know, for listeners to hear, like, we have never turned anybody away ever in the yeah. history of Jed. So if, if you are a school leader or a district leader and you're looking for help doing this work and, and you'd like to work with us, I, I would really encourage you to reach out and we'll find a way to make it happen. Yeah. We'll figure it we'll out. Figure it out. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Well, you know, you do a lot of supporting of mental health with students and, and a lot of the work you do with school leaders. What are some of the things that you wish more school leaders were doing right now or talking about, or maybe what's one simple thing that you're seeing right now at, on a on a kind of global level or or, or national level, that there might be some quick little tweaks that that a school leader could be making now. I mean, listen, I've probably got a long list for you. Right? So <laughs> we'll kind of just talk through a couple here, but um, you know, I mean, I think the first thing is um, is I would tell all my school leaders out there listening, like this matters. Like this, it literally. Mm -hmm. This is life-saving work and your choice as a, as a leader um, or as someone who can influence a leader, right, is, right. is literally a life or death situation in, in some cases, right? Like we know that it only makes sense to do this work in schools because that's where you find young people, right? They are literally there with you, what, like 40 hours plus a week. Uh, there is, there is no better system in which one could implement uh, school mental health programs and services, right? So schools are the place that it really should be. And, and given some of the stats that I mentioned at the top of our conversation, like the time is now, uh, right? And, yeah. and the needs are there. So I think the first thing that I would I would say is just like invest in it. And if you make it a priority, make it a priority. and we name, we name what matters. And so particularly, you know, for, for any leaders out there listening, like you, you got to name what matters and then you've got to like follow, follow through on it. And so, uh, you know, if, if you're saying to your staff, like, you know, we've got to pay attention to the mental health needs of our students, then like, that's got to be a consistent part of the conversation throughout the course of the year. And there's got to be some action behind it. I think where I see things go 
wrong is that sometimes that action can very much be in like reactive mode, right? And so mm. it's like, uh-oh, we just had this situation. We're going to hurry up and buy, th buy this thing, right? Like, oh, we're going to buy this SEL curriculum, but we're not going to have a really thoughtful implementation plan in place. Or like, oops, we're going to like partner with a, with a telebehavioral health pr provider, but like we don't actually have an infrastructure or process on how that's going to work to make sure that we're like really taking care of the needs of kids, right? Uh, so, so I think it's like avoiding the knee-jerk reactions and instead stepping back and having a really thoughtful process where you are using data to look at your needs and then you are building programs and services off of those needs. Um, the other thing that I would name is bringing in students and parents into those conversations because they are often the stakeholders who are left out. And like, this is yeah. not work that should just be decided by a bunch of like leaders sitting around a table together, like without actually talking to the, to the beneficiaries of the services, right? The users of, of those things. Uh, and so if you ask students, they have a lot to say about what, yeah. what it is that they are, would hope for, uh, in terms of like school mental health services. Um, and we've done some of that work and some really interesting things have come up. I think I would also say um, it's important for leaders to really talk to their school mental health professionals as well, mm. because, you know, when we were designing our new district program, for example, we ran a lot of focus groups. And so we would talk to superintendents and then we would also talk to like school counselors. On yeah. Many of the areas, they were totally aligned and they agreed. Mm. And then on some of those areas, they were like total opposites, right? And and so it's really important, I think, for um, for principals and administrators uh, just writ large to make sure that you really understand what it is that your counselors and your other school mental health professionals are telling you that they need, and like being willing to take a step back and really learn from them um, about the type of programs and and other resources that would be most beneficial as they do their work um, would just be a few things. Um, I've got a few more. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. And what, what's the, you know, one of the things that we talk a lot about, especially when we're talking about things that we truly want to be implemented into schools is having this, this whole school approach, yeah. right? That our, our ideas and the ideas around mental health, the ideas around taking care of oneself need to be completely integrated into every course. This isn't something where we're going to have a pullout program or, you know, one of the things that, you know, my wife being a school counselor that really frustrated her was, you know, she would go in and do, do a, a, a lesson. She was elementary school counselor. She'd go in and do a lesson for a half hour in the kids. And then that was it. You know, if there wasn't any follow-up with the teacher, if there wasn't a, a school-wide approach that, you know, the, the word of the month was caring or collaboration or whatever it happened to be, Having a school-wide approach to this versus, oh, well, you know, we've adopted this curriculum. The kids are getting their 30-minute mental health lesson every day is not the kind of program that I think we're really talking about. We're talking about an all-inclusive program that is truly getting to the heart of some of this. Could you maybe talk a little bit about just that kind of approach that, that the Jed Foundation takes and what you're working on? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when I, when I talk about a comprehensive approach, Jeff, I really mean that in our approach, we have seven different domains that we think are all mm. equally important as schools and districts build out these programs. And so, like, the example that you mentioned of, like, a, like a push-in lesson – I would put that in our category of what we call life skills, uh, right? And a lot of like social emotional learning content would sort of fall under under that category. And under just that one category, 
there might be 30 to 50 things that we would help a school or district to look for that we would really name as the best practices there. You know, having like a push in lesson from a counselor or, or that type of life skills time, it's like a great thing to do, right? I'm, I'm not going to like knock that. It's, it's important for, for um, students to have like that mental health literacy component of what they're doing. But to your point, it's not enough. And so, you know, so like what I would say is that that type of, of mental health literacy and life skills content should actually be embedded in every single class in the way that teachers teach. So that, you know, if you are like a language arts teacher and you're processing a novel with your students, you're asking questions about like, oh, you know, how did this character feel when they were in this type of situation? Right. Which is like, you know, I'm practicing the empathy skills just as an example. So that type of like content should be based in everything. And I think that also helps us to reduce this like new initiative fatigue uh, that we hear yes. educators talk about all the time. It's like, oh my, love like, oh my God, like, you know, it's another thing, yet yeah. another thing for me to do that my principal wants me to do or that the district wants us to do. Right. And when the truth is, is that this stuff is just good teaching, right? It's just the yeah. way that the school should run and it should be so ingrained and embedded in like the processes uh, that are already in place that it should not feel like another new thing to do. So anyway, so that's one example, just the life skills content. Another example that I would name that like everybody thinks about uh, we, we, yeah. when you say school mental health, like everybody thinks about counselors. They're mm -hmm. great. Like counselors, you know, I was a counselor, I'm a counselor, uh, but, <laughs> but it's, it's one piece of the pie, you know? And, yeah. and the truth is like, this is a shared responsibility and commitment that everybody in the building needs to take ownership over because there's so many other pieces of it. Um, and also mm. not every school, not every system, not every context is able to have counselors, uh, right. And, and the numbers that we would need to. And so there are like many different avenues that a school system can take to ensure access to effective mental health care for their students. There's other things that are like really high value uh, and very low cost. So for example, like promoting sense of belonging among students and a, and a, a sense of social connectedness amongst each other mm. is actually one of the most mitigating factors against suicide that, is, that a school can do and put in place. And it literally costs nothing, you know, but, but it's yeah. that emphasis on like building deep culture and making sure that your students actually feel good about going into their classrooms every day. That's another component of our approach, yeah. right? And so when you look at our wheel, you see those seven different domains, um, but it really takes all of those domains to truly build a comprehensive system. Mm, I love that. I love that. And thank you for, for diving into that a little bit. And, you know, I know that a lot of the work that, that you do, you know, focuses on supporting schools and supporting districts, but I love that Jed is also very active on social media and you've got some amazing content specifically over on TikTok. Can you talk about why social media is an important tool in the mental health conversa conversation, specifically with, with this generation and the students we have in our schools today? Yeah, of course. You know, so of course, at Jed, we want to meet young people where they are. So part of our work that I've been talking about is really focused on education leaders and the big systems type of change work that we, that we help schools to implement. But the other half of our work is directly reaching young people. And so we know that nearly every young person spends a large part of their life online in spaces like social media, uh, and particularly with our rising rates of mental health issues, including depression and suicidal ideation, it's really critical for Jed to know the impacts, both positive and negative, that social media has uh, right on young people and to really try to use it. So we know that there are some really clear benefits to this, um, particularly for our youth of marginalized communities who find mm. that sense of connection online 
Um, but there's also areas of concern that you find online. So for example, like we know that there's a connection between the time spent online and the risk of developing an eating disorder, for example. Right. So what we've done is we've, we've worked really hard to build out a library of content to engage with youth on our channels and in partnership with content creators to make sure that we're, we're really producing relevant content that encourages that sense of connection and normalizes mental health support. So like one example, Jeff, is we did a three-part video storytelling series featuring a top K-pop uh, group. Oh, wow. Uh, and we did that in partnership with Mindset by Dive Studios. And that one series alone garnered more than 200 million organic social wow. impressions and 2.4 million video views, right? But it's because we were using relevant content that really yeah. resonated with young people. And then we also produced content that supported like how young people can leverage a sense of connection online with like communities that they identify with. So that K-pop example was just one. Like if you're a K-pop fan, there's a huge online following uh, sure. for K-pop. How can you actually find a sense of community that's really healthy and a great mental health support for you if that's something that you're into? Or maybe you're into something else. Maybe you're into sports. Maybe you're into, you know, Broadway. Maybe you're into, you know, whatever the thing is. But finding that sense of community uh, that can actually actually help. So leveraging fandom uh, was just one example. But we got tons of resources. We, we have an entire... Um, mental health uh, library on our website that students can access and it has resources on basically every type of mental health topic that you could think of, tips, guides, uh, things to look out for, um, all on the Jed Foundation website. Yeah, I love that. And we will make sure there are links uh, to all the social medias of the Jed Foundation over in the show notes. I'd strongly encourage uh, teachers to just head over there, have a look uh, and see some of the stuff that that Jed is putting out on social media that maybe you might even use in your classroom yeah. as a conversation starter um, around some of these topics, because it really is fantastic co uh, uh, content that is being produced out yeah, there. Uh, and, the, you know, there's, there's the Instagram, there's you, there's YouTube. I mean, you guys have it everywhere. So it's fantastic. Uh, a, and it's a great we place. We even have a really cool campaign that I would mention uh, called Seize the Awkward, um, which has its mm. own designated website. You can get to it from the Jet Foundation website, but it leverages like social media influencers and celebrities oh, cool. for these short video clips targeted towards young people. And the idea of Seize the Awkward is like leaning into those awkward conversations where you might feel like something is going on with like your friend. Uh, you know, they might be experiencing some sort of mental health distress but it's awkward to ask about it, right? It's like, it can be awkward to like lean in and have that conversation and actually ask if your friend uh, is doing okay. And so that's what that campaign is all about is actually saying like, yeah, you should. Uh, and so each of those videos that leverages like somebody that young people would know um, is mm -hmm. sort of a play on that theme of leaning into those awkward moments and like taking a chance and having that conversation to just connect. I love that. And again, uh, both Trish and I can't thank the Jed Foundation enough for all the resources that you put out there, the ways that you're supporting schools and can continue to support schools and districts with your programs. Again, if, if you're listening to this and you're saying, you know what, our school could really benefit from that, please do reach out to the Jed Foundation. We will make sure there are links to every everything in the show notes uh, to make it very easy for you over there uh, so that you can you can reach out and support our students uh, with their mental health. Tony, I want to thank you uh, for joining us today. Any final thoughts as we get ready to wrap this up? Yeah. You know, I, I would just say, um, you know, that the time is now we know more than ever that our young people need us to step up and step out into action to build programs and services of mental health supports, 
to, to take care of them. And, and quite literally, that can be a life-saving decision that you as a leader or educator can, can make. But the thing that gives me hope is that we know that this is a solution, right? We actually, we know the right things to do. We know the evidence-based practices that, that really make an impact on the well-being of young people. We just have to do it. Uh, and so, uh, so if you're not sure where to start, you're not sure uh, how to get that ball rolling, or maybe you've hit a stumbling block along the way, please, please see our content at the jedfoundation.org website, or feel free to reach out to me or a member of my team, and we would be delighted to help you. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Dr. Tony Walker from the Jed Foundation. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. And hopefully we'll get some more people headed over to your website and reaching out uh, for support in schools. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me.